Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's the one and only T.K. Kirkland. Check me out on the Bootleg Care Podcast. Yo, he's the one and the original. Peace. Bootleg Care Podcast special guest here, T.K. Kirkland, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. <laughs> T.K., I got to tell you, uh, I went and saw you at the Ice House, and it's the first time I saw your stand-up live in yes. person. Yes, Oh, my God. It was just... Just amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, my man. It was good to see you there laughing, too. I was you know? dying. And, and and I finally saw the, the, your significant other, and I yes. see why you marry. Yeah, Beautiful yeah, yeah. young lady. And then, you know, it's funny, because if you take your lady or your significant other to a TK show, right. you're going to laugh, and your girl might look at you like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. You're so right. It's so right. Yeah, but I, I I'm glad that you came out. It was really good look. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I really appreciate that. Um, it's crazy too, man, because I feel like uh, more than ever, comedy. Everyone's talking about comedy. Isn't these that days. a great thing? Shout out to Cat Williams. Let's Cat show him Williams, some love. For sure. Shout, shout out to Cat for bringing um, comedy to the forefront of entertainment. Yeah. And if you've been around a long time, you know you only get ten minutes in this game. Mm-hmm. So you gotta. Um, capitalize off this because next week it'll be something else. Yep. Right? No, for sure. Next week it'll be something. He's, he's had a chokehold the first couple weeks of, first the, couple of, of, weeks, of, right. of the new year. Because you know Puffy happy. You Puffy's know, happy. Yeah, because we we're not talking about him no more. A lot everybody, of people are happy. Yeah, everybody's Joe talking Biden's about, happy. Yeah, Shit. Joe Biden, yep. <laughs> everybody's talking about something else. So it's, it's, it's a good moment. No, for sure. When you saw the interview, because I don't know if you watched all of it. Cause it was I, did, I, I didn't watch any of it. So what I did was... I talked to different people right. and I saw different clips and I was able to segue and put my own. It's a lot. It's two, yeah. two and a half hours. Yeah, two days. So I did my own thing on it. But when, at first I had one opinion. Mm-hmm. What was that first opinion? The other opinion was I felt, I didn't like um, Shannon Sharp allowing Kat to talk about everybody. Because mm. as a man, I felt like, yo, we don't do that on this show. You're supposed right. to stop them. As a man, that's right. how I move. But then someone told me, no, T, oh, those people went on 
those shows prior to him coming. Which is almost why he wanted to go on. Exactly. And, th- and they talked about him. Mm-hmm. And that's what it started. So then they got what they deserve. Yeah, it was kind of like fair game at yeah, that point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I'm here to defend myself right. as, and retort everything that right. has been said on the yep. same platform. So, so when I saw that, I, I, I respected that and I, I left it that way. How much of uh, what Kat was saying would you say is, you know, entertainment inflated and how much of it? Because I feel like that there was there was enough truth in there for people to get to, to talking. Yes. But I feel like there was also certain stuff. Like, yeah, I would say 99 percent of it was um, inflated. Right. Especially the run in the. Running the 40 year. I think I talked about it <laughs> yeah, on stage. You talked right? about it on stage. Because what I used to run get, track, right? I used to run track. Yeah. Like, you know, and and, and and if people don't know something. Well, you do running track at CSUN out here? I sure was. Yeah, okay. yeah, and I was on my way to the Olympic trials at, when I was out here. Wow. And the thing about um, track, and if people don't know it, you believe almost anything. And I tell people, Cass said he could run a 4 4 at 50 years old. And I said, Deion Sanders, who's one of the fastest at, people in the world. Yeah. Ran a four one when he was twenty something years old. Right, and Cap said he ran that fast with sweats on. As a fifty year old man. As a fifty year old man, it don't just it, don't add up. It don't add so up. I put twenty thousand on the bet out there to to race Cat. Now it's not going to be a fast race, but you'll win. I'll win. It's not going to be a fast race. If if, if, if people are saying four four is fast, me and Cat literally can probably run a forty yard dash and. Seven, seven, six, nine, maybe seven, three, seven, four. That's my prediction. And yeah, I mean, you're the expert, so I don't know how. Yeah, because I'm 63 years old. So, in 63, you're not running a four something. It's impossible. Or at 50. Or 50. It's impossible. Unless you're Usain Bolt, maybe. When Usain Bolt's 50, maybe. 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 Right. Yeah, at 56 years old, you ain't running that fast. Um, talk about uh, a few of the things you were saying on stage that I was that, that I, I one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Okay, was go ahead. Something that I'd heard. I've been hearing a lot more people who are more, um, I guess, uh, financially literate than me. Okay, talk about how to leverage life insurance. Mm, good question, my man. Well, the insurance game is really because um, I'm very confused about it, but I've heard it so many times, and people who I know they're like, yeah, you know, you can. Your tax free money, like like so. See, it's, it's a lot of levels of the tax, right? So let's take whole life insurance. Mm-hmm. Whole life insurance. If you created a policy, you call your whoever your agent is, your let's say farmers or state, whatever. Say State yeah. Farm, and you say, hey, I want to open up a whole life insurance policy. Let's just take a hundred thousand. You put a hundred thousand in, and over the course of time, that money will grow so fast that you become your own bank. So let's say now you only got a hundred thousand. Let's say you got two hundred thousand, but you want to take seventy five thousand out to buy a car, put it to invest your in house, business, in business, house, whatever. You can do that, and they won't tax you on the money. What they do is you'll still pay what you're paying on that um, policy. Policy, but when you die, it comes out. They take it off the top. Oh, so you're almost like borrowing from yourself after you die. Exactly, but it's tax free. Exactly. That's whole life insurance. And they and these are things I think they should teach you in school, right? Yeah, because at any given time, if uh, an emergency happens or you have a business opportunity present itself, and yes. you, you might think to yourself, "Well, I don't have it." You don't have it, but if you had this, bam. So let's say you get a hundred thousand dollar insurance policy, life insurance policy, mm-hmm. and you want to take five thousand out, ten thousand, you don't have to pay that back. Wow. They, they'll take it when you when you die. 
That's as long as you keep paying your policy. Right, you got to keep paying the policy. Yeah, of course. you got people paying the policy, but you can do that. Do people like? Can you have multiple multiple life insurance policies? Oh yeah, yeah, that? for sure. Yeah, some of you like um Derek Jeter has a policy on everybody in his family. I mean, I feel like it, I feel like when you hear that out loud, it sounds bad. It sounds unless bad. You know why? Yes. Right. But it's, it's it's smart, and people are so afraid to take out insurance, especially some men. If you, if your wife or a daughter say, "Dad, we should take out insurance." Some people say no because you don't want to make the other person rich. Mm. You don't want the other person. That's the mindset of most people. But in actuality, people are afraid to create a legacy. You have to have a legacy to, and that's one of the best ways insurance to do that. If you have, that's smart. but then structure it too, because when you get free money, you're gonna run through it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's why most people they turn eighteen, they get a credit card. Exactly. If you leave anybody any money, mm-hmm. and they didn't work for it. Unless they have true discipline or right. very, very frugal, they running through it, yo. Because they never had that kind of money at one time. Yeah, because I know some people will set up like a trust to pay out your family once you're, once you're not amount, there. Right, yeah, you, a certain amount. Or you got to sure that... do something, like you got to right. go to school, you got to get a degree, right. and then you're going to get this payment. Exactly, you, know what I mean? yep, you have to structure it. But I've known people that got millions and ran through it in a couple years. It's crazy. One of my female friends and. um she inherited 1.2 million, less than a year and a half. It was all going. You know how her answer was? I had a good time. But now what? Exactly. But now what? And I'm glad you brought that up because the world needs to hear this, you know? Yeah. And then you got a thing called term life insurance. And term life insurance is like about nine years, you know, but you pay on it every month. Okay. It's protection. You want to yeah. be, you want, no man should be walking the street. Without some sort of insurance, just in case you die, right. you don't want to put that burden on your family. Right. You know, so you have term life insurance. But the clever thing about term life insurance is, after nine years, they give you every dime back. It's like a savings account, and that's called surrender. They'll send you something in the mail because you, cause you, you're alive. Yeah, they they had they have they send this in the mail. Say you could surrender your account, and they send you you could fill out the forms. They send you back all that money. Can you borrow against the term? No, you can't borrow against that. But that's just something that is, instead of you putting, does it grow in that? It doesn't grow. Okay. But you're protected. But imagine years, nine years, you put something in the. And and also that money isn't, it's yours. If if you don't die, you're getting it back. Yes. And and, and if you don't want to be insured anymore. Right. So if, so let's say six years in, you're like, you know what? I'm good. I need my money back. No, no, no. They can't, won't do it that way. Okay, okay, They'll okay. tell you when it's time to sur- they want you to surrender your account. You can't tell them. You got can't you. say, I got this money here. So I it's not a bad idea out. to do a version of both. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the insurance thing, and you want to have burial insurance. And so is that for when you pass the Yeah, because there's one paid. thing. There's life insurance, right. and you can have burial insurance. Burial insurance is strictly for the funeral, right? But then you let the people who you love... You could take that, or you could take the money out of the life insurance policy and pay mm. for the burial. Um, my kids is all set up, you know. I got my stuff that, one, I'm not having a funeral, so I'm getting cremated. Boom, I don't want even a, um, a service. You're, so you've already thought about all that? No funeral? Yeah, most of you, people don't know. Your grandparents, at least people, grand, can I know, have their whole funeral and everything set up that so for you you'd rather the, be cremated and then have your ashes yeah, but spread I, it's or either either cremation or i want my i want my ashes to become a tree oh yeah or you put my whole body in the ground in this this thing i forgot what my daughter said and i could grow as a tree and they, you, you're in a certain place so i'm gonna do something unique and different but i feel like 
a funeral is like a vain thing to think about having because you're yeah, like, but you because you're not there. You're not yes. there. But you but, know who did it the best in my lifetime? Who? Queen Elizabeth. Mm. It was on TV. Yeah. You saw how her funeral was? Did you yeah. even look at it a I, saw, bit? I saw some of it, yeah. Listen to me. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was masterful. I think that funerals help families grieve. That's true. Because it brings everyone together and, you know, it, it helps. It and let me tell you how I look at it. it. I lost my mother, my dad, and all my brothers before I was 40. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many funerals, you, 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 it, it drive your head crazy. As I've gone through life, you know, people invest in a lot of things, right? People invest in gasoline, Tesla right. stock, and all that. I want people to invest in their time. Mm. Time is the most precious commodity that you have that's taken for granted. For sure. And when I pass, I'm giving the world a gift. What I'm saying to you, don't come to my funeral. This time that you have, continue doing what you're doing. Just take a moment to say T to the MFK. Right. And keep it moving because I don't. I'm, I'm not saying that I want to waste your time. Right. I just understand how powerful time is, and that's my gift to the people. I want them to um, really take their time seriously. Because could you imagine if everybody had a dollar for all the time that they wasted? It is crazy, and the, and the amount of things that we can waste our time on now is right. greater than ever. Yes, because there's a terminology most people don't use called um, time wasters. We all have met them. Mm-hmm. People in our life, we're wasting yeah, your time. Yeah, man, we, met, we always met somebody that was a time waster. Right. It's crazy. Someone who doesn't respect your... Yes. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I got so, a few of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I do business on the phone, what I do is, for someone someone is talking to me about doing a, a show, yo, before we hang up the phone, you got to send me two to $5,000. That way I know you're serious. You're not getting off the phone with me, and I picked up that call. And you're going about your business. You decide you're going to do something else because you wasted my time. Mm. And it also makes sure that when people reach out to me, they're prepared. They already know what it is. A lot of men, a lot of people don't know. They're not prepared when they call you. They'll mm. say, oh, I'm thinking about. No, I'm not the person you think about. When you called me, you should have been knowing what you're doing. We're doing this or we're not doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Don't play with me. I, do I, your I'm homework too, and then call me. Right. Then Do your homework, then call me. Yeah. Yep. I'm too busy. And I stay booked. Well, I was going to say, I, you you mentioned this on stage. Obviously, you did the Ice House for the first time ever. Yeah, first time ever. Which it's a legendary comedy venue. It's yes, been open 60-some-odd yes. years. Yep. Um, but you were kind of, you gave us a peek a bit into like the business side of your deal. You get a yes. nine, You get 90% of the door. I get 90%. Which I think, because coming from the music world, we just think of an artist, they get booked, they get their money, they get their back end, then they leave. Yes. However the show does, however the show does. Mm-hmm. But you, you're structuring it to where you're essentially, the you're the promoter. I'm actually the promoter. Yep. I'll put up the money hey, for the- Hey, the venue's uh, going to make their 10% and then they're going to make their food and their exactly, liquor and all that. Yep. Exactly. But yeah. you're going to be able to get your ticket. I'll be able then. to get my money back that I spent to put in for advertising. Um, and I've always been that way. So when I see- um, Is that pretty common? No. Okay. Most um, artists feel- I think in the music industry, you got to have an agent because right. the book and venue. But in comedy, you you need people to help you. It's just that me, you you, you know me and my son. Right. You know how we move. So I'm just a guy who, over the years, made relationships. I mean, you could call most that. of these club owners at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. easily. And, and that's exactly what I do. And I book myself 
years in advance. Like literally right now, I'm booked for the next 10 years. That's crazy. That's insane. And I've been like that my whole career. I always, I always got to know what I'm doing next year. I feel like watching you, because I feel like we get so much of you through podcasts. Yes. But I feel like you have to have a special on Netflix or yeah, something. it's coming. Because I, by watching you, bro, like I've seen everybody live. I'm a comedy nerd, so yes. I'll go to the, to the store and if, if one of my, if, if a comedian's in town that I like, I'll pay and I'll go watch it, right. you know? But watching you live, I was like, yo, this is like, as much as it's hilarious and I'm crying out of my eyes, I like left with like, I like how you, you finished, but yeah. then you said, Everyone hang out for another 10 minutes so I can give you guys some game. Cause you, exactly. You would hit your like your your last joke, but you were like, we're gonna hang out. Mm-hmm. But it was very much like kind of like a lot. It was like it was like a mixture of like, you know, life coaching and a stand-up. <laughs> and I love and I love that yeah. feeling. And when anybody sees me, that's exactly what they take. My high school coach who loves everybody, from Red Fox down mm-hmm. to Dave Chappelle, he said, he saw my Who Raised You special. He said, TK, I've seen them all. There's nobody like you. So I took the long route in a sense. Um, I'm, a, I'm doing Netflix because of people like yourself. But let me explain to you why. I have my own network called TK.network. Right. And I have my own specials. I don't have many as Cat Williams, but I have my own specials. Did my own thing. Did very, very well. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Netflix, and I'm working on it now. Like my deal with Live Nation is set up for me to do mm-hmm. my Netflix special. And when I do my Netflix, I'm going to do something really unique. Um, my goal now is to, uh, I never did any of Ice Cube's movies. Mm. But I want Ice Cube to direct my movie because I started out with NWA. Right. I want to use Baby because he took me on the Cash Money Rough Rider tour. I want to use Dr. Dre um, as one of the producers. I'm going to give all of them a check because I came up through hip hop. Right. I didn't come up like the. Chris Rocks and the right. um, you, Kevin's. You were you were working out on stage in front of a hip hop crowd. Right, I was in front of a hip hop crowd, yeah. twenty thousand, thirty thousand in the nineties. Right, when we was at, when hip hop was at the sure. top of the game, and when I do this Netflix special, I wanted to be so unique and so amazing that it has the same effect of what you just said. That when you leave there or when you watch it, you go, "What did I just witness?" And I don't have to do nothing special. All I got to do is just be me. And that's what's going to come across. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because I feel like uh, nowadays more people are trying to do comedy than ever because it's so easy to get access to, like, I could do a bit. And it might not work if I'm doing it at an open mic. But mm-hmm. if I record it and I make a reel out of it with captions, it might work online. That's right. Which is happening a lot. But I feel like the, the number one thing it's the same thing with music is the stage presence. You got to Your have delivery. It. Yes. Like you had a guy open for you who I thought was okay, but the host that was hosting your show was so good. Yes, yes. And yes. what was different about him than the other guy was I just felt like the presence of like, like he could have said anything and I would have laughed if right. that makes sense. Right. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, he was hilarious. Delivery, presence. Mm-hmm. But like to me, that's kind of like for you, it's like like you command that stage, man. And Yeah, that's and that's one thing I do know I have. I have um, what they call stage presence. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have that. So I love it. Um, coming through this week, doing the different clubs and having everybody come out to see me was, is, is a true blessing. And because the last, since the last time I seen you, I have skyrocketed on 
the in the media game, social media. Right. It's went a whole nother level. And um I just really found my niche in just really waking up in the morning, giving my opinion on something. Right. No, I've seen you post po- like you you have your quotes and it have my quotes and man, it just really takes off. But in actuality, I'm just you know me for a while. Right. I'm just really just being me. You're just being yourself. And people yeah. find that fascinating. So I'm just going to run with it, see what it does. You said something uh, that, uh, how, is it, was this a true story where you said you, you, were, you were taking care of a young lady? She had a place. Was it in Chicago? She had a, yes, co- yes, a condo? Yes, 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 right. And you showed up and you were cracking jokes and some dude was so, laughing no, no, under no. the bed. Well, it's, it's, here's, the jo- here's a great thing about those type of jokes. Yeah. It's like a magician who can't tell his, the secret to magic. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want people to leave. Is that true? Right. Or uh, is that a, a real joke? But then say, you got to really be clever to come up with something that like that. That shit was so good. Yes. Thank you. Um, talk to me about where, like, like, do you even, like, pay attention to other stand-up? Like, if, a Dave, if Dave Chappelle drops a special, which he dropped on New Year's, did you yes, check it out? Yes, I didn't check it out. I know he's funny. I, I, I catch Dave and most comedians in bits and pieces. But I always had this rule. Never watch another comic perform. Because when they're good, you're going to actually take something that they Without said. even thinking about it. Without even it's thinking subconscious. about it. It's subconscious. So when I see comedians watching me, it hurts because they don't know the rule. Because I know my stuff is funny. And if you watch me, I know you're going to take something in mind, flip it, and uh, uh, um, break it down as much as possible, right. but you got it for me. Um, I know you had said before that uh, you, you've you had some bits stolen-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a, um, I, um, in my days, of, uh, younger days, I used to do a thing called things, questions, series of questions. As a matter of fact, we have, we've been trying to find it. I did it on the Apollo. I did it everywhere. And it was a series of questions where I go, um, why are Lucky Charms so magically delicious? And where is the honeycomb hideout? Is it downtown? And why do old people walk so early in the morning? Do they have somewhere to go? And it was like a series. It got, is- me, it got me a standing ovation in, um, at the Apollo in, in New York City. So what I told people that Arsenio Hall or his staff, they took that bit, flipped it, and made it things that make you go, hmm. Mm. And, and I'm, I told people that th- my foundation of that material went on to make people hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And what I mean by that is Arsenio Hall did it, but if you Google, there was a group called CNC Music Factory yep. that did a song that things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Then Crafts and Macaroni and Cheese also did a commercial. And they used the cheese as it was melting. And in the background, the song was, Things that make you go hmm, saying that they macaroni and cheese was so delicious, it would make you go hmm. All that came from TK. And I just never, I just never tripped about it. But I moved different than most people. For know? sure, for like, sure. You're not, I mean, you're not petty. I'm not petty. Yeah. I'm not petty. Most of these guys are petty. Most of these guys are petty. And they're ego-driven. There's no, and they're ego-driven. I don't really care about that. I, I, I did my thing. I'm working. Um, and I've always been this way. I've never been petty. And um, I tell people that if someone steals your joke, actually call that person as a man and say, yo, you we, you doing my bit and let me um, tell you how it's exactly like my, oh, I saw you at my show. And you saw me do that. 
Which is even worse. Which yeah. is even worse because yeah. now you're being disrespectful. Um, but to actually go on air and say someone stole my joke because it's not their set. Well, we've seen people like really have their careers hit a wall because of the joke stealing thing. Yes, but let me tell you what I mean. I'm, just, I'm glad you're bringing this up. There's a difference between a set and a joke. Okay. Your set is what you do for 60 minutes. Right. That's your, that's your whole That's your act. whole that's set. That's your act. Yeah. No one's stealing that. Right. Someone stole a one-minute joke. So if you had 15000 in the bank right. and someone stole $1,000 at that 15000 you're not going to get rid of the rest of the money. Right. So I can't tell another comic what he should be mad about. My purpose of these interviews that I'm doing is to give people another way to see something. Okay, what is a joke? And people's like, oh, you stole his joke? And they make it say, you, you stole this whole show. But in actuality, you just stole a joke. You didn't steal the set. A joke don't make you. Your set makes you. Why um, don't you film your sets for social media like other comedians are doing? One is because I don't want other comics to see it. And two, there's magic on stage with me. There is. Do you agree? I agree. There's magic. I agree. And I don't want to see it again because every time there's a new beginning. Every show that I do is a different show. And if you see one, if you see your set, guess what? You're going to try to repeat that again. Mm. So I take what I do in track and anything in life. When I ran track and I was good. Just because I was good last week don't mean I'm be good this week. So I took that through my whole life. And just because I was funny when you saw me, that don't matter no more. Can I be funny tonight? But you got to find different ways to, like, say when if you had to be a boxer. Right. Right? If you're a boxer, you know you could beat this person. But you know what? Today I'm tired. I can't deliver that same energy. Or the audience is different. But if you still find a way to be clever, still find a way to be funny, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. working the crowd. Working the crowd. sitting in front. You, like, you, you were clowning on these guys in the front row, these young That was dudes. hilarious. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. And as long as the people walk out entertained, right. you were hilarious. So I think the other end of that is, or the other side of that coin is, if I saw you do what you did to those kids yes. that were sitting in the front row, that there was three single young men right um if i saw that on tiktok or or on, on instagram and i didn't know who you were right i'd be like yo i need to follow this guy exactly because that was great yes. and then i might be inclined to go see you live absolutely because there are some comedians who, who do do crowd work right and they show that but when you go see them they're not that funny because that's not the same situation that's going to happen that night. True. Because the crowd's always going to be different. It's always going to be different. Because like you see like a, have you heard of Matt Reif? No, I haven't. So Matt Reif, uh, he's doing like, he, he's had a very like insane come up the last 12 months. Okay. So he has, he has a Netflix special, but he blew up off of his crowd work bits going viral on his yes. Instagram. And, on mm -hmm. and he's a good looking young dude. Okay. Oh, I, I know somebody used to manage him. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, did, yeah, just talking about him last time. Good-looking young guy, yes. and but he's very much new, and I mean it's a meteoric kind of rise in the comedy world. I've I've heard other comedians talk about it, like right. you, you know, like it's kind of unparalleled how fast he's come up. Yes, because he didn't have to go through the bumps and bruises mm -hmm. of 
you know, perform for 10 people. Right. And, and, and before you even tell me what happens, I could tell you how his career is. When you watch him, mm-hmm. I bet you he's not that funny. Well, I saw a stand-up. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was mediocre. Okay. It was okay, yeah. It was mediocre. Right. Because, not that he won't be funny. Right. He hasn't put the time in. It's the to time, be funny. yeah. To be a great comic, you need years of experience. You have to experience life. You have to go through mm-hmm. things. That's why when you saw Richard Pryor, he talked about his drugs, his situation. What made it funny? Because he was living life. If you're twenty something years old, you ain't lived. Right. You talk about sneakers and condoms, maybe, and smoking a little weed, but you haven't lived. And when you have lived, and you have experience after experience after experience, you it gives you more on. material. It's almost like if you're once you're a rapper, it's like. Once you hit a certain level of success, it gets harder and harder to draw inspiration to make music that is relatable to the Absolutely, people. Absolutely, because you're older now. And rapping, believe it or not, is a young kid's game. Right. It's, it's, a, it's almost like when Jay-Z did 444, it was yes. like, oh, shit. Right. He made like an album for like a 40-year-old motherfucker who's right. like doing grown man shit. Exactly. Which is hard to do and it be accepted. Yes. Yep, yep, it's so true. Yeah. So that's how that the game is, but... um. It's good to see, from when I started in 1985, it's good to see so many different ways you can make it in this business, like the gentleman you talk mm-hmm. about, or for crowd work. Yeah. Um, and it's also great to see that the audience, the fans are starting to tell what is a gimmick. Mm. I feel like the gimmicks are going, going away. It's about the... It's, it's about, about the jokes. Time. Yeah. It's about the quality, because yeah. they're getting tired of being played mm. that the i saw you on tiktok you was hilarious and i come to your show i spent 175 dollars 200 dollars and I, I didn't get mm. what i wanted out of your show it's like 50 cent 50 cent is going these world tours and all these young rappers <laughs> can't do are it. canceling they gotta cancel the tour yeah They're canceling yeah. it i saw i went to the 50 tour and i was like you know i've been to shows that were better I've yes. been to shows that I understand as a younger man, you know, yes. as a younger hip hop fan. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember a show in the last ten years that I was more just. I just had such a good time. Wow! Because yeah, I was 50 like, gives a great show. Fifty is an amazing performer, and he's like, we don't we're like like that era. We don't get to see those guys tour. Right. That's so true anymore. Right. Yep. So yep. it's like. You know, to get a fifty cent tour where he's doing Get Rich or Die Trying, and it's, right. and and, he, and it's just like it just took me back. It was like you know, like we don't get those mega, mega, mega hip. Like you were talking about the Cash Money Rough Riders mm-hmm. tour. Like the days of that shit is like people are. It's like I feel like everything feels like a cash grab. Yeah, I totally agree, and that's sad. Yeah, and it, even in the comedy world, it's a cash grab. People will come to your show. Like I don't charge to take pictures after the show. I've seen that. Yeah, and people will charge you all that money. A meet and greet. A meet and greet, after, yeah. yeah. You you charge them for a meet and greet. That's a cash grab, and it's deeper than that to me. Yeah, it's deeper than that. I, I'm saying thank you. Let me shake your hand, and I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. I want to hold you. I want to hug you because I want you to come back, and I want you to know I appreciate you spending your hard earned money to come see me. You had to go get a babysitter. You had to tell somebody um, you'll be back in a, a few hours. You're going to go see T.K. Kirkland. I understand all that. I don't want to rob you like that. Right. You know, I want to charge you for my tickets, give you a great show, and have them leave the same way. Give you, you a did. memory. You take a picture. Exactly. 
you know? So that was it. And you were so genuine because, you know, you could look someone in their eyes. And when you came out of the show, you, I just saw it in your face like you was truly pleased. For sure. Yeah. You know? And that's what I love. Yeah, that was, I mean, like I said, dude, I, I, I like going to the store sometimes because I'll be able to watch like 10 guys. Right. I'll be able to eat wings, have drinks. Right, right, right. Maybe like three of the 10 I'll love, you yes, know? Yes, right. But to like sit down and just be like, oh shit, this, I felt like I just went to church. Right, yeah, I was, uh, I, I get on it, I get on it. And like I said, I dropped the knowledge, then you saw the fun, mm-hmm. then you saw the personality, then you saw the appreciation, meaning shaking your hands afterwards, saying thank you, like a pastor. For sure. That's what it was. What would be the advice you would give, uh, let's say there's a stand-up that just started, they're going to open mics, trying to improve their, trying to improve the craft. You know, it, it feels like a very, very uphill battle to break through to actually kind of eventually make money. That's so true. You know? Yeah, you're right. You're so right. I guess, I guess what for you would be the advice you would give? Because it's, 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 this is not a sprint. No, you got to know who you are. And Paul Mooney said it best. When I first started, and I was asking him questions just like that, and he said, TK, um, there's no substitute for experience. You got to put the work in. 40 years ago, this would have seemed like a lifetime. Right. <laughs> it's like the 10,000 hours thing. Exactly. Like you can't cheat the work. And then you, if, if I could tell people, if you, if you know how to handle your own business... Try to handle your own money. Try to book yourself. Um, if you come into some money and you're funny, start booking out your own venues and and get a team. And you could really sell your your own tickets and go to certain cities and book yourself. But people go, they get an agent, and ages some agents just robbing right. the kids. They don't understand it. You know, we talk about Taraji, mm-hmm. um, um, Henderson. Who is it Henderson or Henson? Henson. Henson. Taraji P. Henson, yeah. Yeah. And um how she did a movie, the budget was 167 million, but she only got 150,000 of a hundred You ain't even in that business. But you know that ain't a fair deal. That's no, crazy. For sure. You know that ain't yeah. a fair deal, especially when you are in the top three co-stars. Has Cube ever tried to put you in something? Here's the thing about Cube. Because you mentioned that earlier. And I need people to know something. Cube put a lot of people on. Tons. Chris Tucker. Cat Williams. Cat Williams. Mike Mike Epps. But I want everybody to know that Easy e and Ice Cube, I was their first comic. Their first out of everybody. I was their first. Because they found me in 1988. These other kids, these other guys, 15, 16 years old. They took me on the first tour straight out of Compton. The thing that I didn't do, like most comedians, I didn't go Hollywood. Mm. I didn't want to audition. I didn't want to do TV. Everything I did from Baller Blocking to New Jersey Drive to Vin Diesel's Movie Strays, I was invited to do. I was invited, got my money, because that person truly wanted me. My philosophy was, I think it's difficult to go to do an audition. True. You know you're good for that part, but there's 44,000 men going out for the same part you are going after. Right. And you got to take a chance to do that. I never had that kind of time. I I came up as a hustler. Because you're shooting, okay. you're, you're really shooting shots, hoping one goes in eventually That's to it. get a part. That's it. And yeah. 
you could be great, but maybe this person had a bigger name than you, and that person was nowhere near your talent. Right. But because of politics, they gave it to that person. Well, it's almost like when you were originally coming up, it was all about trying to get on TV, right? If you're a comedian. Right, if you're a comedian. Like if you could get a sitcom. I never wanted to do a sitcom. I had somebody approach me about doing a sitcom this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, because you're not doing this thing called... um, Homeowners Association, mm, you yeah. know, and they was like, no, you said, that's be. what you said. You said, <laughs> I'm president of the Homeowners <laughs> yeah. Association. And they said, TK, that's a great TV show. And I, it is though. It is a great TV show. But the thing about what I know, I understand reality. Blacks on TV is not the move. Really? Oh, no, 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 no. It's hard to have. All black show on ABC. Some of the best CBS shows are all back black. in the nineties. It was Blackish was solid. Anthony yeah. Anderson. Yeah, that's very rare. Think about it for a second. That's very rare. I like Top Boy. Top Boy's on. Now Netflix. think about what I'm about to tell you. We might get one black show now. The shy's good. Years. The shy's good though. Yeah, on Showtime. Yeah. That's not a comedy, though. No, you're talking about comedy. Yeah, just about, it's comedy. Well, I feel like those shows are, I feel like, unfortunately, like, comedy sitcoms are just, like, dying. It's died. It's more, the reality TV shows have replaced sitcoms. Yeah. It's, and, and, and it's cheaper to produce. Way cheaper to produce. So everything now is cheaper to do, but the person who's putting up the money is walking away with a lot more if they did a sitcom. Mm. I just never wanted to get caught up in... Bad negotiation. I never wanted to get caught up in not feeling I was getting paid my worth. I have to prove something. TK, do that, and then we could get you. Like, no, nah, I've next already one. proven myself. Yeah, I'm like, not doing that. Like my self worth isn't determined right. on whether or not. And 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 I haven't really done TV, mm-hmm. and I got a little bit more paper than people that have done it. Right. But I've done it myself. I cut out the middleman. It's like my man on um, American Gangster. What's his name? You're talking about uh, Frank, Denzel, yeah, Fra- Frank, Frank Lucas. Frank Lucas. He yeah. cut out the middleman. Right. I've cut out the middleman. <laughs> so, but but this is the thing, right? Because I feel like the other way to look at it would be if you are if you can if you can get a successful TV show. Again, that's a big if because yeah. most shows only last one to two seasons. Right. And, they're can. and that's the thing. If you can, if you can, the royalties. If you can get seven years. You you got a cash cow for the rest of your life because mm, because it's because the reruns are going to pay. It's the reruns, right? Yeah. But it's very slim, especially now. Maybe in the nineties you had a better chance, right? Now it's way harder. Now it's way harder. You got to kind of do more of a serious show or like a hybrid, like drama yeah. slash comedy. But I'm gonna try to do. Um, I got something in the works with Tim Story. Tim Story done all the major movies back in the day. The um, 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 a couple Marvel movies, okay. et cetera. Uh, he's a young brother that I met in Chicago before he got famous. And as you know, I've met everybody. Right. So he's one of my guys, and I caught his attention because of my Instagram. And he said, TK, just like you, he said, the way you tell a story, your presence, he said, I got to do something with you. So... Um, he's also uh, one of the guys that uh, might direct my special be um, for Netflix. Because Cuba's so probably going to turn it down. But um, you gotta, but you, out of respect, out of respect I just want to share that with them because before all this got to where it was, it was T.K. Kirkland, number one on the list in hip-hop. 
And that's what I wanted the world to know too, because I was the original hip hop comedian. When I started, there was nobody doing them tours. Right, yeah. Because you kind of paved the way for guys like Alex Thomas who did exactly. Smoke. Exactly, yep, and, yeah. Yep. And Alex sure. is my man. Yeah. You know, Alex came to, when Alex started doing stand-up comedy, he came to actually talk to me. Like, right. I was that guy right. to talk to. And I explained to him, and the rest is history. He's doing well. I'm not, and I love that I had something to do with that. What was it like being in Baller Blocking, which is a, a hood classic, obviously. Baller Blocking was amazing. Um, and that all happened because of Jay-Z and Nelly. Mm. Yeah, because I was on the Hard Knock Life tour. And not the Hard Knock Life tour. There was another tour that Nelly and them was doing. Okay. I was on that tour. I forgot the name of it. And um, no, it was Jay-Z. It was Jay-Z. Rock the Mic tour? Yeah, it was Rock, it was rock, the, rock, rock those, the Mic yeah. tour. We were in New Orleans. Okay. And Baby and them was there. And... Um, Baby walked up to me. And it was the Sprite said, Remix tour. Yeah, whatever it was. It was the Sprite was Remix there. tour. It was Nelly and Jay Z. It was. I think it was the Sprite tour. Yeah, Nelly was on it. Jay Z yeah. was on it. I think it's the and Sprite I was the host of that okay. too. Yeah, yeah. And Baby walked up to me. And you know how they talk. He said, "What up, Walter?" Yeah. He said, "Listen, I'm doing this movie called Baller Blocking, and the rest is history." And I got to um, enjoy his energy because he was. You know, he had just came into a lot of money. He was shopping not for one person. He was shopping for 15, 20 people. Crazy. Shopping, clothes. And I remember my homie was with him. I remember at one time he bought four Bentleys <laughs> at one time. At one time. So it, he was so generous. And in the in 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 that era, that I feel like before like scamming was popping, to get four Bentleys is crazy. Yo, and, and this is when Bentleys really right, first came out. For sure. So there was a it was yeah. truly a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a massive statement. Like if you had a Bentley, it was, you could see a Bentley now ro- rolling around LA yeah, or you Vegas. Get, nah. Yeah. But, but it, then 1998? Nobody had Bentleys. Nobody. Yeah. So we're all in the I remember I guess that we was all in the car dealership. And he's buying the cars. And you know how sometimes you don't look at someone, they might just be in a good mood and pick you. Yeah. So I told my homie, yo, don't look at him. He might get us a car. You know? <laughs> so he said, turn the face. I said, man, we get us a car. But, you know, it didn't happen. But um, That'd be funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. That's how generous um, Baby is. So, you know, I can honestly say that about him. Uh, I appreciate your perspective on uh, the dichotomy between men and women and relationships. And I have to ask you, uh, I'm going to present a scenario to you. Okay. And I want your take on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's say you're 50 years old. Say. Yes. You get divorced. Yes. Within, uh, oh, let's say you meet a young lady who's 31. Mm-hmm. Right? You're 50, she's 31. Four to five weeks later, you're with this young lady and you have decided to get her name tattooed on your body mm. four to five times. Wow. That's 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 insane. Okay. Yeah, that's insane. To, because uh, you're a free man, finally. You're a free man. But what most men do, they look for the most difficult thing to do in their life. They Instead of taking an easy route, most men will go down a path of difficulty and set themselves up for pain again. And some people... Maybe unnecessary unnecess- stress. Unnecessary stress. Right. Because if you're 50 and you got a girl that's 30... She still hasn't lived yet. Mm. So all you can do is, you know, you dick her down, you take her shopping. Buy her some She gifts. feels good. Because yeah. she's still a child. Right. 31. She hasn't lived. Mm. So in today's world, that's called a simp in a sense. Because these girls don't, they don't respect 
a man like that at my that's if it was a sixty something year old woman or like even a forty five year old or even forty five a thirty one with the way the world is today yeah. to to have that there on the phone talking about the man who they're pretty used pretty much using. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, he, he bought me this, he bought me that. Yeah. You know? Because a, like, a woman who's like actually understands the way the world works already would look at somebody who would get four tattoos on their body in a, four weeks of their name and be a little. Absolutely. So he's something wrong with him. He's right. crazy. Right. He's a psycho. Yeah. That's he's, my man. Yeah, I know you're talking about. <laughs> and, 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 the thing, and the thing that I wanted to make sure, even though I know he's here. I He's here, ladies and right. gentlemen. I didn't. I didn't want to change who I was with my answers. No, this I, is the answer. Yeah, because right, because I could have easily lied and been something else. Because I know no, he's he here. needs to hear it. He needs to yeah, hear he it. Because I've been it. trying to tell him this. Yeah, okay. you don't. You 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 don't. You the, right, no, 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 fam. We don't do that. I'm saying this by myself. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You know, but the thing is that you. You have to learn how to enjoy life, and you got to love yourself so much. Yes. You got to love yourself. Yeah, I think self, so. So this is the thing, right? This is what I've been telling a lot of people in general. I just told it to, to uh, my guy right here, mm -hmm. uh, Cyrus. Your self-worth and how you feel about yourself can never depend on anything that anyone else you controls. You will lose if you do it Always. any other way. If you wake up in the morning and your your happiness is determined on what A, B, or C feels about you or how like you you're gonna lose in life. And when you date someone that young, you're really you're really destroying their life. And let me explain to you what I mean. When a man knows he's dating a younger woman, you're really stopping her growth in life. Because mm. a, a a real G is baby, you're too young. I want you to explore life. You got to bump your head. You have to go through things. Like I give you this dick. Yeah. But and a motivational speech. Right. But that's all I can give you because I'm I I care about you so much. I don't want to take away your experience. And here's one of the things I use. I always talk about trying to date me is like trying to get into Harvard. Everybody's mm. not going to get accepted. Mm. You have to have experience in life to appreciate the kind of man that I am. Because if you don't have no experiences, you mm. have no idea the gift that you have right here. But if you bumped your head through life. A few times. A you, few times. Yeah. And then you meet a successful man right. who has benefits, who can contribute to your life. You're going to appreciate it. Because when I was young, I used to, I've always been successful. And I've been through stages. I've taken care of the men's kids. I've bought women cars. Mm -hmm. I've been through You've all that. you it all, yeah. And the thing that, I remember one time I always wanted to have somebody who was struggling. Because and you could save them. I could save them. Yeah. Because that made me feel good. Yeah. Well, you having problems? Let me take care let me, of them. Let me help. Hey. Yo, your daycare? I got it. I got it. That made you feel good. For sure. For sure. When I've been you, there. When you grow up. And you really understand it's not about... You want a woman to be physically beautiful. Of course. But what's your character? Mm. You want a woman to be beautiful and what's your character, but what have you accomplished in your life prior to meeting me? Because once you get a certain age, and I understand... See, knowledge is a gift and a curse. Marriage, to me, unless you know who you are, is for people who don't understand life. Because you... Go through all the dumb shit. 
But when you knowledgeable, you know how your wife or husband's supposed to be, or your girlfriend or boy supposed to be. Right. You know how to act, open the door, bring things, contribute to a relationship, pour into me as I pour into you. As you get older, it's not about the body, it's about this word called sapiosexual. Can you talk to me? And we have connection. Yeah. Because as you get older, that's what makes sex better. Because of the way a woman spoke to you. Like, oh my God, baby. I like what you said. You know, there's some women that can just motivate a mm. man. Let's use Rocky when he was getting his butt whooped. Yep. And his wife was in the Adrian. And he's she said, Come here. And he's like, What? She said, Come here. She said, When? He ran out of that damn house, started doing push-ups with one arm. For sure. Running up, had logs on him, jumping up and down because this woman had motivated him to a whole nother level. A 31-year-old girl who walks around and says that she's a woman because based on the experiences that she has, is not a woman. You, You can only become a woman with experiences. And no matter what you've gone through at 31, if you live to be 45, you're going to be smarter than you was at 31. Yeah. If you live to be 60-something years old, you're going to be smarter than you was at 45 years old. True. So life is this great experience of experiences, turmoil, pitfalls, highs. What age did you decide... If you're petty, if you show me that pettiness, I pull the plug. I think it started in my 40s. Because I think, in, like I said, you, if you don't really know knowledge, you don't really have life experience, you don't know. But then you start, you get a girl, she argues with you about something, and you have no idea what it is. So now you're running out like you had a big argument. Like, yeah. you got, you're getting flowers. You're getting all this kind of stuff because there's something wrong with her. And most men don't take the time to figure it out. They, they just deal with it. They just will deal with it. They'll just deal with it. Most men are afraid to leave a cute girl because they know they probably can't get another girl. They got lucky with this one. So they, they snatch her up or become jealous or over-possessor because they feel, oh, I, I can't get no better than this. I'm here to tell any man about and and woman, you can do better. Things happen. And see... The universe attests you, and people don't understand the universe. See, God will send you somebody, or let's say the universe, and that man or woman will give you so much pain, that pain is to teach you to leave that person alone. But most people just take it. But the universe will keep giving well, I also it to feel you. like what happens is you, you get into a, a point in time where you feel, you start to feel responsible for the other person. That can happen to people as well. Yeah, you know, especially if you if you, if you was um, you're the bag. If you're the bag and you bring somebody on, then all of a sudden you get tired. If you put yourself in a position where someone's struggling and you want to do this, and it's three or four years down the road, yes. Now you might feel bad if you yes. did. And and as you get older, you want to have somebody that you don't have to have a woman to put everything in the pot. No, but something, want, something. And here's why. If we break up, we both emotionally, both of us are going to be emotionally messed up. For sure. But financially, we should be messed up too. Yeah. Because why should I spend hundreds of thousands and we break up? I'm feeling pain and the financial burden. But oh, you said uh, I got a new car, right. had some sex, and you went on about your life. 
It's just not fair. Yeah, I feel like, too, even on the other, like, if you flip the coin, like, if you are a woman or a man and you're with your significant other and you truly help them build their empire, you kind of take the backseat, handle the kids, handle the house. If that shit goes left, I feel like it's kind of the other party's duty to make sure. That's a real man. Yeah, like, I'm not going to leave you with nothing. That's a real man. Yeah, like, you, without you... I might not yes, be here. Yes, right. That that that's that's so true. I agree with that. If if you got a woman like that, make sure you break off and make sure she's straight. Yeah, like me and my wife started dating, and I maybe had six grand in my name. She had like three hundred grand in the bank. We can take this out, but right. Um, but she like just I don't know. She just fucked with me. You know what I'm saying? And listen, I saw and, the way she looks at you. She's literally kind of just held me down. Yeah, but I I I'm the kind of guy when I see an attractive woman and know she's with someone, I don't look at her no more. Right. I know your lady is attractive, but I had to take a, a, a quick glimpse of her, like in the in the grocery store, and you scan right. it. Right, 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 I right. couldn't look at it about damn. Right. But I know it was damn. Right. Because I saw her for a, a, a good that one second was long enough to say, "Yo, he got good taste." And when you see a man with a beautiful woman, that means to me that your confidence is on another level. For see, sure. Because when a man has a beautiful, he's either a liar. Because he lied to pull her, mm-hmm. and she believed in him, and she's still trying to find out yeah, the yeah. stuff that you told me, right, 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 and it right. didn't come along right, right, yet, right, 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 but right. She, she's still hoping yeah. to believe. But then it also says, you got to have the finest woman in the room, and that takes confidence. For sure. Confidence is important, man. Yeah. It don't matter. Just, I always say it don't matter how much money you got. It don't matter how you look. If you got a plan and confidence. And you got confidence. And... Yeah. If you can make a, a young lady laugh, there's yeah, and, she, and 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 you and you're a good looking guy, yeah. and I can tell she loves you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your wife loves you, dog. Like you can see the energy when you when you're together. You can. Actually but I do see think it. I do think I don't like the fact that like there's this narrative out there at times where if you get divorced or you leave a situation and you know that other person had a lot to do with the foundation of making it possible for you to go and do this, this, or this. Right. It's like you to me. You almost have that responsibility to like. If you're a decent person. Yeah, if you're a decent person. If you do, but most divorces break up in bitter because the man probably cheated. There's some cheating. There's, yeah. there's some heartbreak involved. There's a heartbreak. Emotions get involved. Get right ego gets involved. Right, and right. that's when, like, she, yeah, for that's sure. When, and that's what happens. Like, if you put a woman on and she cheated on you, now you don't want to have nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, forget you. Oh, you kiss my ass. It depends on how many kids you got with them, though, because yeah, it's like, no. hey, I need a place for my kids to Listen, sleep. Listen, I don't care. But. <laughs> When some people are mad, no, for sure, done, for sure, done. And then you got people who will cheat on someone, get caught, and then marry the person they cheated on. It happens a lot, and that and they that don't happens, see it. That happens, a and lot. they're miserable for the rest of their life. Yep, that's crazy. No, that happens a lot. I you, got, I got a few of my friends. Yeah, who you got cheated on the baby. I, I love you. I'm gonna marry you, and the girl accepts it. Yeah. But deep down in your heart and your soul, you're never the same. Right. You will every time that person walks out that door. You'll you have there's a question mark. A pain. Yep. Like I don't know. I don't always I you you know, because that trust will no matter even if you want to say you trust them again, you'll never trust It'll never, them again. Nah. I've yeah. got a lot of friends who are married and they cheat and I explain to them, you know, I I I'll I'll show a man how to cheat. Right. Because I don't want you to get caught because most men can't handle it, they get caught. I told the dude this other day. I said, dog, you you messing around. But if you get caught, you already, I can look at you. You ain't built for what's about to happen. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, you, like you gotta have your shit airtight if you're gonna yeah, do this. You, I can tell you it. Yeah. Men cheat. And if they get caught, it's this big embarrassment, but this wasn't but you got caught. That's the only reason why you embarrassed. Right. And then that woman takes you through hell. And then it takes you out of your character. Now you're crying. You're crying. You're, you're lost weight. You're getting weight. all violent. You're yeah. getting weird. You're hitting, you're punching windows. Yes, yes, yes. You're doing stupid shit. So, a lot of men to some point are hypocritical. Yeah. See, if you're a player, that means your girl going to be a playette. Because there is a word called karma. Right. And it does loop back around. Sometimes at the worst moment, you could have been cheated your whole life, but your girl dealt with it. Well, now you're in a wheelchair. Well, you'll see situations, too, where, like, you'll know somebody has been cheating on their wife for years and years. And then, obviously, the marriage isn't great. She steps out once, and it's like... He lost it. Like, bro, you've been fucking bitches this whole time. And ask you for your advice and come to you crying. Yeah. You know, let me tell you. But in your head, you're like, yo. Hey, she got one off. You know what I mean? You can't trip. Oh, and to the people that's listening, if you... Cheat and then your girl cheat and you can't take it. Say, baby, let's stop this. Is this what you because what I'm feeling? I don't want to feel that again. Let's call a truce. It's the truth. Yeah, I can't. Let's not do this no more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can't up, take now this. Now I feel it. That's so true, man. For sure. That's so true. Yeah. That, that's a pain that some people cannot handle. That's yeah. why you see murders. Yeah, I got a homie of mine who's going through like a separation right now. Oh, he can't deal with it. Well, he he never cheated. He's he's a good, he's a good guy. Okay, but, but he's older. She's younger. Mm. Um, they're going through a separation. They're still friends, but he just found out she signed up for a dating app and lost his fucking mind. Wow! And I told him, I said, bro, like you gotta let her live. You gotta let she's her live. Been, I mean, he's he's forty something. She's probably my age. And he's been with her since she was like 20. Yeah, see? So I was like, hey, I was like, hey, bro, if she's yours, it's going to be fine. Right. But like, let her breathe for mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are still. What he should do is just be her friend. That's what I told him. I said, yo, you just got to pick up the phone, go to the movies every once in a while. But if she's going to go and do whatever she's going to do, just let her do it, man. Yeah, you got to be a friend. You got to yeah. say, call just to say hi. Yeah. Call just to be a friend. And you start dating. Right. You start dating because if you really want to back, here comes psychology. If you get a girl that's prettier oh. and she, that girl got, she's doing well, oh, brother. Unless you was a lunatic, you was beating her up and right. you just really dogged her. Right. Yo, she might, she, she, it's possible she'll come back. She'll come right back. It's possible. Possible. For sure. Um, anything because obviously you've been doing your podcast for a while I wish you would do more video content I know we talked about that the last time I just don't have the time I think that you if you were to pour into your podcast oh it'd be insane it'd be insane. I'm doing my first live one though at the the day before the Super Bowl in Las Vegas Nevada oh, where with at? the NFL um, we're going to start posting okay. so I would love okay. matter of fact I would love for you to come so I can interview you I'm down let's go yeah that that. Was, I would I can interview to go to Vegas. you yo I promise you, I'm gonna, I'll call them today okay. and tell them to put you on the list for inter- and they'll reach out to you I think uh, yeah I just think that uh, every time I see your clips I'm like man if you sat down and and did kind of like 
your version of what like Joe Rogan does and yes. talked to, to comedians right, and friends right. about all kinds of Oh yeah, that'd be Bro, all... you could bring on financial advisors. Yes. Just so much. And you can have conversations with people that other people aren't capable of having. Absolutely. I totally agree. And this has always been at the table, you and other people. Man. It's a it's a seven figures on the other side of that door. Easy. Yeah, but I'm rich. I know. I feel you. It ain't about the money, but to me. but it also but but for you you have like because in my opinion, if you did that, it would free up your bandwidth from the road. But you love the road. I love the road. It, it keeps me young because the road is it's it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You know, Ritz Carlton's, yeah. Peninsula Hotels. Because you would have to ease up on the road a little to really really yeah. And I'm um, um, and um, how can I say it? I don't want to bite off more than I could chew. And that's fair. Because if you bite off more than you can chew and you don't give it all that you know it deserves yes. to have. And like I said, I'm an OG. You really have to manage your health, your time, and yeah, your mind. for sure. And um, it's really a young man's game. Right. And um, I like peace. I like peace. If the... You you figured out your the road shit, so you know. I know what I'm getting, and 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 then when you want to interview celebrities, or whatever, guess what you get sometimes cancellations. People who don't respect your time. No, people can't. They're not gonna make it today. Well, they can't make it. Yeah. And you like you, right. sometimes can mess up your thing or whatever. No, I think for you, like if you just had like just your peers, your comedy peers on. Yes, 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 yes. Or I on my podcast now I just deal with regular people in their situations right. in life, right? I like that because they're always gonna be there and there's a lot of them. Right. Celebrities, schedule conflict, TK, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Right. And there's no jealousy, there's no hatred. Right. You know, if I had this and somebody came in, you never know, they, they might be jealous, or whatever. I'm one of those people that people are jealous of. I've always just been that guy. You know, confident, um, you know, always had Gorgeous women always have money. Right. That that the same thing people love you for. A lot of people hate you for. Would you ever open a comedy club? Nope. Too much aggravation. Okay. Yeah. Too much aggravation. My life is about peace. Yeah. Yeah. I I see that. Peace. There's too much. Yeah. Stress. Peace. Gotta get a liquor license. Right. Gotta deal with uh, somebody underage got in somehow. Yes, what the yes. fuck? You peace. know. Peace of mind. Security beat up uh, right. one of our openers. Yeah. Now I got to deal with a lawsuit. Right. You know. Yeah. I want. I want peace. Yeah. Peace and quiet. Um. Maybe in the next ten years, you know, I'm gonna go get a bigger house for the grandkids. Yeah. Have my son, because they'll be older. Mm -hmm. So I have the grandkids come stay at the house with me. Um. Might have a true significant other. Um, so that's not out of the cards for you still. I won't get married, but I'll put a ring on a woman's finger to make to her let her know that like, I respect this is, her. Like you're. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is it. I don't have to marry you. Right. Here's but, the ring, but we're not going to go to the courthouse and yeah, do this. Here's the ring. I, and out of respect, you know. And I always try to put people in. You don't have to get married, but I'll maybe take 10000 and put it in annuity. And in, in 20 years, that 10000 is 200 something thousand dollars. Yeah, put why would we spend $100,000 on a wedding? Exactly. Let's put that in annuity. People need to understand annuities and stuff. So when I take it on stage, and being my age too, like, like it's insane because I got the women from now they're 24, mm -hmm. 25 years old hollering at me. And I got to talk to them on the phone sometimes and explain to them I'm too old 
to date you. And some of them fine. Right. But it's, it's, I, I, the way I get out of it, I would say, my daughter would kill me. Mm. That's what I say. And it's impossible for you to have like a real emotional connection with someone that young, I feel like. I don't, I don't even want to deal with that. Yeah. The aggravation. Don't get me wrong. Some of these girls. And deal with the arrogance of a girl that's that young who thinks that they can hang with you. Like, yeah. Like, you, sweetheart, no. <laughs> like, even if you're 40-something, you almost still out of my league in a sense because I'm 63. Right. That's 20-year difference. Yeah. You still are going to grow so much. From 40 to 60 years old. Big time. You're going to be night and day when you get to be my age. If I date you at 47 years old. Night and day. True. Night and day. So if I meet someone in their 40s, my goal is to be to give you knowledge, bring great things out of you that I see, know how to talk better to the man that you might date somewhere down the line in life, um, know how to move. So when you do meet this other guy, maybe... You met a guy that gave you the game on how to be a a better version of yourself. That's beautiful, man. Uh, before we go, how you stay so young, man? What are we doing? What's the what's the diet? What's the you just all the things that we talked about? I'm not married. I don't have no stress. I, I take time. I work out every other day. Okay. So you're still I working love out. my grandkids. Oh yeah, definitely. Careful about what you're eating. Care about what. I, I, matter of fact, I lost weight since the last time y'all yeah. seen me. So I think I lost about 15, 20 pounds, but I still feel big. Right. You know. But um, Kev, I'm happy, fam. I That's hope important. when people see me, what they see is, man, he's really happy. Like I'm happy. And when I do think about dating, I go, man, when you date, you're giving someone. The power to make you unhappy. Even in just five minutes of that day. Yep. And my whole day is happy. Yeah. My whole, not, not half the day. The whole day. The whole day. But if you get with someone, it's a possibility that five minutes, the hour, that whole day, maybe a week, will have you shifted off your square. Mm. And I just love life so much. I mean, I love this thing. I don't want nothing to mess it up. Nice cigars, fly whips. Yeah. Nobody nobody to answer to. Nobody to answer to. Yeah. Listen. Appreciate you. You man. give some of the great interviews, man. Thank you, TK. I and I watch our interviews after we and I watch it for a whole year and I always put you on my calendar for the following year. Well, I appreciate it. Like you're one of those guys I always look forward to coming to talk to a year it gives me something to think of like you on when i walk out this door i will already be thinking for the next 365 days about you because i watch you i see your stuff that you do thank you, thank you. i watch your interviews and i go you know i'm really and then Ares keeps me um up on you too that he to said you're doing really Man. well yeah. and you're adding more shows to your your show your, yeah. your, your radio station we're like at 70 some odd cities now that's great yeah, it's crazy. That's great. So, you know, we just picked up. Yeah, it's crazy. So, how's your relationships now with sponsors? You still got great relationship with sponsors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, so with the podcast is separate from the radio show. Mm-hmm. The radio show is the business model is essentially I get inventory mm-hmm. in every market I'm in. Yes, and then the company I work with sells that inventory. Okay. 
Um, and then we divvy that up, right? Because so, the reason why I asked that question, I'm a businessman. Right. See, I got my deal with Live Nation, but I want to bring a sponsor on. Yeah, so my sponsors for the podcast, Hardeen, which is in Vegas, um, King Palm, mm-hmm. LRG, whatever, I deal with all those directly. Yeah, I want to bring on a sponsor for my Live Nation tour. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... That's the thing is like, I think most people think of sponsors and they're like it seems like a big mountain to climb i'm talking about like independent podcasts like all the people who i've reached out or who i have as podcast sponsors i mean we have blue chew which is the dick pills right they reached out to me Mm -hmm. um they all were the the first four or five were all just people i had relationships with yes so like hardeen like i'm cool with the owner adam and dj bonix and lrg clothing my friend's been the head of marketing there forever so yeah i mean you could easily do that and his business See, we do the deal together. You're an agent on the deal. Yeah. I'm doing this for the next 10 years. Do you smoke? I smoke a little bit. Okay. I, but I do my smoking like a player. Right. And let me explain to you what that means. In a room with a woman, bottle of Ace of Spray or Louis Thirteenth, and you're sitting there on the balcony overlooking a pool, ocean, and you got your girl with you. You got your stuff ready, and you smoking with each other. Yeah, you know, not smoking in your car, driving down the street. Uh, yes, your car smells like shit every time people get into it. Not smoking in, out in the hallway to mess up right. a presidential right, suite. Right right, 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 right. Like people don't do stuff with class, and you know, right. I do stuff with class. I got the champagne there. Yeah, we sitting back like cigars in, in my pajamas. So, the, is the Live Nation tour something you're working on for this year? Oh, no, I got it already. We started in April. Oh, so it's coming in April. Yeah, yeah. We, we make the announcement in so, a minute. So I, I got to ask, because like, are the smaller shows you do across the country, are those w- working up material for... So the clubs that you came to see me... Right, because um, you did two yeah, or three those, shows that Those night. Um, shows have been booked for the last three or four years. Right. I know what I'm doing. I took on the Live Nation thing because I wanted people to see growth. Right. Right, so the sign with Live Nation was like, "Wow, TK, yeah, doing his thing," and um, I'm a, a little tired, so I, I handed over certain markets to Live Nation, so I don't have to worry about going to those markets. All I got to do is go get on the mic, tell the joke, give me money, and go home. But what I explained to them that I wasn't going to do, you wasn't going to put me in three cities back to back, because I know my age. That'll wear you down. So we do in some cities, one show that weekend, maybe two shows in the same night. But never am I going to be in Chicago on Friday. In Detroit on Well, that's, that's too close. Seattle. Right. The oh, next yeah, day. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's then crazy. Miami. Yeah, with travel and, and time changes. and I ain't doing that. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Not doing that. Because you got to know your body. You right. got to stay healthy. And um, yeah. Let's put that deal together. I'll make sure, sure. You, you. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna make sure you're the agent on the deal. Okay. All right. So that way you get a check too. I, I, I'll, and, I'll see if I can make some. Yeah. Shake see what we make it happen. And um. And it's a, it's a definite done. It's a deal. It's and done. the Netflix special on the way. The Netflix special is going to do in 2025. It's already okay. in the works. And I want to do something different. I want to. Um, it's almost to what Chris Rock and Kevin Hart did. Mm-hmm. But I want to do mine through hip hop. Yeah. Because I came up through hip hop. Right. So I want the people. That I open up for to for them to take clips of them and talk about how I used to rock. That'd be dope because it's it's a special, but it's also kind of like a a a documentary bio. That's what I want. Yeah, I want that type of interview because I I know that I'm unique and my stand up is special. 
And I came up in the game a different way. And to show that, to have 50 Cent, mm-hmm. to have Jay-Z, to have um, Baby. Birdman, yeah. Um, Cube. Lil Wayne, those guys talk about TK. It's a big deal. Do you think, last thing, because you mentioned Kevin Hart. I always wonder this. Mm-hmm. I feel like somehow he's gets too much hate now for some reason. When you're number one. Yeah. Because I used to feel the same way where I'd be like, ah, Kevin Hart's kind of overrated. But it's like, at this point, it's like, this guy works his ass No, no, off. no. People... And he, and he went through the gauntlet of... Yeah, people... It, it, that's not what people look at. People look at competition. And when you're competition, people throw darts. They did it to Michael Jordan. Mm. They do it to Tom Brady. Everybody, when you get there, everybody, Jay-Z... Whoever whoever gets that moment, everybody else is shooting for you. It's like being Philadelphia um, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. He was champion last year. Right. This whole season, everybody was gunning for you. That's we call that competition. Right. But on the streets, we'll say that's a, he. They, they are a hater, but no, they just trying to knock you off your throne. The same thing in real life. When you become number one, it's like radio. If you, yeah. If sure. someone knew that you had the number one podcast radio show, and the other person is five, and they know about you. Their goal is to actually knock you out your number one spot. Right. It's always about competition. This is what I meant to talk about last night. Now I think about it. It's always competition. Like you'll meet a female and she'll say, I'm not going to compete to get you. And I tell people all the time that competition is what made the world. Why do you think they create the Super Bowl, right? Right. If you drive down the street, you'll see Wendy's across the street and Burger King mm-hmm. right across. They're in competition. If you got someone that's in competition... That means you will always stay on your cue. When you watch the foods that built America and you think about how they created the Oreo cookie, when you think about um, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes and how they went up against um, Rice Krispies, right? All this was competition. All this competition. So competition brings the best out of you. Yeah. It's just that in the real world, when... People are throwing darts at Kevin Hart, but in actuality, what they're really trying to do is, how can I... How can I get what he has? Exactly. I really want to be where he is. I want to be number one. Yeah. That's what I gathered mostly from that Cat Williams interview. Yeah. Was he feels like he should be where Steve Harvey is. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what that is. And there's no secret society that And you, there's no secret... Uh, to me, yeah. like, Steve Harvey, however you feel about him, like, he obviously... My friend produces his radio show. He's been a yes. part of his radio show for a long time. Yes. And from when I hear, he is one of the hardest working and people I alive. And I am vouch for this. I've been, Steve Harvey came up probably a little bit after me. That's a hard working man, yo. Yeah. St- um, Steve Harvey. And he's works. disciplined. And he's disciplined. I don't, I, I, I've heard a lot of things about his personal life, but that's not what we're talking about here. No, we're talking about his, how he works. Don't know. Can't nobody outwork him. Now, I work. I think he got me beat by a little bit. Yeah, because he'll do the radio show in the morning, and he'll have to film the TV show, and he's got so much going yeah, on. That's the, I wouldn't even want all that headache. It's a lot. Because, you know, everybody's shooting for the bag, but one thing I always say that's important is not how well you live, it's how well you die. Mm. See? In 100 years, nobody will care about us. In a hundred years, everybody in this room will be gone. And the only thing you have left is things. And nobody cares. And that is the perfect way to end an interview. <laughs> My, man. <laughs> My man. My man. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.